0: Welcome to the Grace College Podcast, a ministry of Grace Bible Church located in College Station, Texas. We desire to impact students who will impact the world for Christ. Hope you enjoy the talk and hang around for more after.
1: Uh, Boys and girls. Boys and girls. girls? Hello, boys and girls. Boys and girls. Quiet! (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I am here today to give you all a show-and-tell. And And today, my show-and-tell is about my rock. Most people want a doggy or a yellow parakeet. But if you ask me, I would say there's nothing quite as neat as a rock. My rock. It doesn't wag its tail, and it doesn't sing all day. But you never have to walk it, and it doesn't run away, my rock.
0: The 70s were a dark time uh, in our nation's history. Uh, Puppets went a really weird direction. But we're here now. Uh, That's what counts. We survived. Uh, And the truth is, is that not only have we survived, but, man, we have fully embraced, well, rocks, but also the idea of show and tell, right? Show and tell is one of those elements that just you remember from first grade, second grade, third grade, as you're growing up, man, show and tell was a big day. Like, you loved that day when people got to show up and be like, hey. Check it out, this is my hamster. His name is Reginald and he eats his young. Did you know hamsters do that? They do. Well, they probably didn't say that, but that is true. Uh, and maybe it came right out at your show and tell. Or people were like, man, this is my bottle cap collection, or this is my uh, mom, you know, or whatever. Like people would bring whatever they were excited about, whatever they were just, man, this is this is something you gotta see, right? We love, we love as people to just show and tell others about the amazing things in our lives. We want to point people towards things we found amazing, right? It, it, and it can lead people in amazing directions. It can go, it can lead people to wonderful life. We we have events here at AM. We have this thing called Big Event. Uh, it's a large uh, event. And what it is is where right people just like you tell your friends, like, hey should you come with me, we're gonna go paint a fence. And they're like, well, I love painting fences, so Let's go. Like, and everyone just, there's literally thousands and thousands, they had tens of thousands of students show up last year every single year. And, And it's not because in and of itself people just love painting fences, right? I mean, we all love fences for sure, but like painting them, I don't know. And so it's the fact that you're going with people. It's the fact that other people like, you should come with me and join me in serving, in in serving the community at large, right? We love to bring people along to see these things that we find really powerful. And again, it can lead to really positive change. We've had a lot of issues in our coastal region. I don't know if you knew this, but there was a hurricane. Uh, a while back uh, called Harvey and it was uh, down the coast region so we've we've banded together with each other I mean I know a lot of us have probably been serving or helping or giving uh, in some way even just here at grace if, if you're still looking for opportunities to serve to give or even to go uh, down the coastal region we've we've joined with a lot of churches here in town and with a few churches uh, down in the Houston area in the in the coastal area uh, and we are just sending people we're giving things we're sending supplies uh, if you go to this website. So if you go to bcshelps.org, it's a site that we set up uh, with, uh, like I said, a few other ministries and churches here in town. Uh, and it's just a way for, if you are looking for ways to help, looking for ways to give, um, that, that's the direction to go. And, and that's something that's just sort of word of mouth, right? Like We've just been spreading that by showing and telling others about this thing that we're excited about, this direction that they can go. And it can lead you to wonderful places, to, to helping the community with big events, to helping put people hurt and the tragedy wrought by nature uh, down the coast. Or, or maybe even just in your classes, you've had that friend that's like, hey, let me, let me show you my notes. Oh, wait. But also Crocs. Uh, we're skipping that. Uh, we... Uh, we see, you know, really positive things like, hey, let me show you my notes or, hey, let me, let me help you along. Let me, let me kind of give you some advice. Let me tell you, you know, about where you can park on campus. We're like, oh, man, thank you for that. Uh, but then at the same time, um, there's darkness in this world, right? There is, there is an evil presence uh, that has been brought into our culture, especially recently. Crocs are making a comeback. This is a thing that's happening. This is a reporter... He's reporting, His business insider guy, he's reporting on the fact that Crocs, the stock price is up, sales are up, everyone's optimistic, Crocs are coming back, and look how terrified he is. Look at that, just face of just abject terror, because he knows this is bad. Like, we are, our world is moving in the wrong direction. We live in a fallen world. Like, that's, that's what he's recognizing right now. He's like, sin is here. Like, because Crocs... Are on the move, and we will tell each other, we will show each other, we will point each other in directions that don't always lead to the best, right? That don't always lead to life. Maybe it leads to destruction. We wear croc. I mean, come on! But we maybe showed up on a M campus, and someone's like, "You know, what you should do. You should go pond hopping." We're like, "What in the world is that?" They're like, "No, listen. <laughs> you know how there's like fountains. <laughs> you just jump in them, right?" <laughs> And you know how there's like lots of fountains. You jump in all of them. And you're like, well, that is that like trespassing or illegal? Like, can't I be like arrested for that? It's like, worth it. Right? Like they're just, come with me. Like you have to see what it's like to get your ankles wet. Oh, it's just like amazing. The Aggie spirit just rushes through your body. Uh, because if you go in this direction, but you can get drove, right? That, that's, a, that's a negative direction, but we just, we can't help but show and tell each other about that. Maybe you showed up at college and someone was like, man, let me show you the way to get by in this class. I'm going to show you how to get other people to write your papers for you. I'm going to show you how to get those answers ahead of time for these tests. So I'm going to tell you about these things that you could be a part of. I'm going to tell you about this lifestyle. I'm going to tell you where you can get the, find the best experience or, or substance or sexual experience. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about these things that, that I'm excited about that I think are great, and yet what we find ourselves doing is we walk down these paths and it leads to destruction. We'll, we'll have people come up to us and say, man, let, let me explain to you why, why you're falling after the God of your childhood, this kind of faith of your youth. This is why that, that path and that direction is, is wrong. It's foolish or it's outdated. Like when we listen to these directions, as people are showing us and telling us about things that they're excited about, it doesn't always lead to the best destination. It doesn't always lead to life. So our question, as believers, is what are we showing and telling other people about? Where do we want to move others? What do we want to point them at? If we are Christians, if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, Jesus Christ who stepped out of heaven and onto earth to live and die and rise again for our sake, if we believe in that, If we trust in that, if we call on his name and are saved, we have a relationship with the God of the universe by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. If we're a part of that new family, what are we pointing people towards? What can we just not even stop ourselves from sharing, from showing, and from telling? See, everything in this world has a starting point. Everything begins somewhere. You had a starting point, right? The Texas A&M University had a starting point. Thousands of years ago, Texas A&M, it actually began. Like there is, there are, there is a starting point, there's a beginning point for everything in this world and a relationship with the God of the universe is the same way. It has a starting point and that starting point is found by faith in Jesus Christ. You start your relationship with the God of the universe, with the creator of all things. Your relationship starts with him when you find and follow Jesus Christ. That is the starting point Of Christianity, right? The Christian life, the Christian walk, it begins with Christ. And we have an opportunity as his followers, as his people, as his chosen body of believers, we have an opportunity to point other people towards eternal life, towards true satisfaction, the greatest experience, life beyond this broken existence. We can point them to that by showing and telling them about Jesus. And that's, that's what we have an opportunity to do. So are we doing it? Are we walking that path? Is that quick on our lips? You see, when we read the Gospels, the Gospels in our Scripture, they are all about pointing people to Jesus. In fact, all Scripture points people to Jesus. Jesus says this uh, in John. He says, uh, if you're reading Scripture and you don't see me in it, he says, you're missing it. Okay, you're missing the point. Everything points to Jesus in our Scripture. But the Gospels in particular are accounts of his life, are accounts of what he said, what he did. And so when we read them, it should come as no surprise that it is incredibly Christ-centric. In fact, at, in John, the Gospel of John, right in the very first chapter, it opens up with this just sort of opening shot on this is who Jesus is. He says, you know what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God. And the Word was with God in the beginning, and all things were created by Him. And apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. He says, in the beginning, before time and space, before anything existed, there was the Word of God. And he says, and there was distinction. The Word was with God, and yet there was unity because the Word was God. John will go on to say, and you know what? This word became flesh and it dwelt among us. This word revealed himself as Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth was with God. He is God. It's this mysterious relationship in our trinity that, that there's God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit. Three, yet one. And that's what John opens with. He says, you need to know who Jesus is. He's God, right, he's in the beginning, he's, he, he's, the, he's part of, create, Like he, everything was created through him and by him, and not only that, but, but we find life in him, in him was life, and the life was the light of mankind, and the light shines on in the darkness, but the darkness has not mastered it. He starts off with this major spoiler for the rest of the gospel, essentially. He says, you know what, Jesus wins, right? he just starts off with that. Which then everyone's like, but John, I'm not going to watch the whole season now, really. What's the point? You're like, that's, that's what he does. He just starts off. He says, like, spoiler alert, but don't close your ears. Jesus wins. The light shines on. The darkness will not master it. We know how things end. It ends with every knee bowed and every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the hope of our salvation. That we don't just have a Father who loves us and a Spirit who guides us, but we have a Savior who's coming back for us. That's, that's how it ends. Spoiler alert. And John says, that is where I'm starting. That's where I'm beginning. I want to let you know right off the bat who it is I'm talking about, who it is I'm pointing you towards. I'm pointing you towards life. And it's still such a satisfying direction, right? Even though we know the way it ends, it's, it's, it's still, it's a good journey, right? It's, it's that YouTube video that just, you know, it tells you the whole plot of it. It's like, cute kitten jumps on puppy out of hat. What? Cute, smiley face. Like, you still watch the video. And you're like, wow, that was a really good cute puppy that, or I don't know, whatever happened. Yeah, that's, you still enjoy it, right? It's a satisfying experience, even though you know how it's going to end. John says, Jesus is going to win. He says, but man, I'll tell you, you want to be along for the ride. He says, because in him There is life. And in fact, uh, this is one, this is the disciple of Jesus, John. There's another John that kind of moves in the same way. that's, That's another kind of hype man. For Jesus, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, and he went out into the desert, and he was uh, called by God to just proclaim the truth that Jesus was coming, that the Messiah was coming. And so he's preaching at Israelites, and he looks like a he's covered in like skins, and he's eating locusts. He's doing all this crazy stuff. And people are listening to him, and he says, hey, there's this one who's coming who's great. He's going to be the Savior. He's going to be the Deliverer. He's going to be the Messiah. And one day, as he's proclaiming this to the nation of Israel, John the Baptist, okay, so again, different John, saw Jesus coming. He sees him. This guy's been talking up. This guy's been talking about. This guy that he's been trying to point people towards, he sees him. And so he turns in this moment and he points and he says, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because here he is. This is it. John the Baptist, his whole role was just hype man. That's what he was. He's that guy that's like carrying like the title belt and like the cup of like champagne or whatever. It's just like, oh, you better look out, better look out. Like that's what he's doing. He's moving through the crowds. He's moving through the nation or they're coming to him. And he's saying, hey, this is the one. There's the chosen one. There's the savior. There's this ultimate solution. I'm going to get you guys fired up to see what's about to come, what's coming your way.
1: I wanna take you on the best vacation you can and you can eat ice cream, play all the video games you want, eat all you want, you can swim all you want and play all you want. You can sleep on the beds all you want. Get more giggles, more moments, more affordable access to Orlando's theme parks. You can go fishing and canoeing, and you can do whatever you want there.
0: Whatever you want there. Sleep on the beds all you want. I didn't catch that until just now. This is (laughs) the whitest little kid you'll ever meet, and it is awesome. Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt, and he is just what? He's hyping you up. He's like, you gotta go. This is for some like little amusement park in Florida. He's like, you gotta go. You can canoe. You got video games. You got beds. Like, come on, what more could you want? This kid just wants to tell you, this is what's coming. This is where you can go. Let me introduce you to the joy, the fullness of life in like Piccadilly, Florida or something like that. Let me bring you forward. You can borrow my shirt and my hair gel. (laughs) And that's all I got. That's who I am. It's my entirety of being. But, but he's saying, man, I want, I want to point you forward. John the Baptist is saying, man, let me tell you, it's not about me. He says, there's something bigger. There's something better. There's someone greater that's going to come to you. And here he is. It's Jesus of Nazareth. And so he makes this grand, spectacular introduction. And how do people respond? How do people move? How are people moved by the message that he proclaims? I'll tell you what's interesting is if you were with us last week, we were in Acts 17. And we saw Paul, the apostle, go before uh, all the thinkers and philosophers in Athens, and he kind of told them about Jesus. He preached on the resurrection. And when he was done, there were three responses. Some people were curious. Like, oh yeah, maybe. Some people believed. They're like, yes, I'm in. I'm committed. And then there are other people who just pushed back. There was contention. And what's interesting is it happens in Acts 17. It happens in John 1. It's really just the state of our world. Those are your three options. You hear about Jesus Christ? Some of us in this room right now, we're curious. We're like, yeah maybe, I'm, yeah, maybe I'll hear about that. And so you're here. You came with a friend. You're like, I wish they had fixed their AC, but I'll listen for a little bit. <laughs> maybe some of us, we're committed. We're, we're here because we're like, yeah, no, this is it. Like, I, I'm on the path. I'm on the way. Like, I'm, I found the way and the truth and the life, and I, I want to follow Jesus. And maybe some of us were like, nah, probably not. I'm here because, you know, my friend brought me in here. I'm here just to, like I gave him a ride. Or maybe we're here right now, but I guarantee you those people are all in your classes and all in your workplaces and all in your labs and in your room, maybe in your homes. People respond one of three ways. They want to know more, they're in, or they want you to leave them alone. And that's what we see in John 1. John the Baptist says, hey, this is the guy. This is the one. This is the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sins of the world. And one day while he's standing there with his disciples, okay, so these are, he's standing with his John the Baptist disciples, and they were gazing as Jesus was walking by. And so John says it again. He says, hey, look, the Lamb of God. Huh, how about that? Like, that's just kind of his thing. That's his M.O. And when John's two disciples heard him say this, they began to follow Jesus. So he's staying with guys, uh, Andrew and probably uh, John, the author of this, uh, of this gospel. And, and they're standing there and they've been listening to John the Baptist like, yeah, I think I, you know, this guy, I kind of appreciate what he's been saying. I kind of, I'm following, I'm tracking with his talk. And, and so when John's like, hey, look, here's this guy. There he is. That's the guy I've been telling you about. That Lamb of God guy. Then John and Andrew are like, okay, I guess we'll just like follow that guy. Like that's just... Because that's what John's been telling him. He's like, you should follow this guy. And so they're like, okay. Right? This, this isn't like some, like, there's no, like, beef. They're not like burning a bridge. like, man, see you later, John. You born old locust eater. Like, they're not, like, leaving him. In, like they're, they're following his direction. John's been pointing people at Jesus. So they're like, yeah, I guess we'll go. They haven't heard Jesus speak. They haven't seen Jesus do anything. And, but they're just like, I guess we'll just, like, follow him and, like, see what happens. And it creates, basically, one of the greatest moments, one of the best interactions between Jesus and his disciples you'll ever see. Soak this in. So Jesus is being followed by these guys, and while they're following, he turns around, he saw them following, and he said to them, what do you want? Right? Very natural question. If you were walking across ANM campus, and you're going, like, central to west, like, you're going a very long way, and there's someone that's just kind of, like, walking behind you the whole time, and, like, every time you kind of stop, and Pet Reveille, like, they, they stop, and, you know, and every time you, like, go, and... Take a picture with Saul Ross. Like they stop. Like, and if they're very clearly following you, at some point you would stop and be like, "Hey, what do you? Like, what what's going on? Like, what do you want? Like, what what's going on?" That's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is saying, "Like, hey, like, what what do you want?" And then they give the best response possible in that moment. They say, uh, "Rabbi, where are you staying?" So imagine. You're walking across AM campus and you're stopping and doing these things. There's just people that are falling behind you. At one point, you stop and you're like, hey, yo, what's up? And as soon as you ask them that, they're just like, uh, what room are you staying at? Like, where, where are you bunking tonight? Like, where? <laughs> so weird, right? This is so weird. Don't miss it. This is weird. And yet, when Jesus hears them say that, when they're like, oh, where do you live? Oh, God, bad question. Like, what what did we do? What did I say? Uh, In this moment, Jesus is like, hey, come on. I'll show you. He says, come. You'll see. In fact, if we kept reading, we would see that they go to the place where he was staying, and he he talks to them. He connects with them. He kind of establishes this baseline relationship with these guys. Why? Because they were expressing curiosity, right? Jesus was being followed by them. They were following him and asking him questions. Why? Because they had this unshakable curiosity created by the message that John the Baptist had given them. They had this curiosity that moved them in a new direction. They almost just couldn't even help themselves but to follow that curiosity, to see where that trail led. We've all had that moment where we're looking something up on Wikipedia for class, and we're like, yeah, I need to learn about 19th century philosophers. I'm like going all this. And and it's really great, it's like 9 p.m., I'm gonna to get to bed by like 10.30, it's gonna be amazing, life will be new, it's a new year, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me, and then suddenly, we like, we wake up at like 3 a.m., we realize that we, well, we didn't even wake up, we just kinda of pull ourselves out of the days at 3 a.m., and, so, and we've been reading about humpback whales for like two hours, I'm like, what? What happened, like what, where am I? what year is it? Like we're just, we get caught up in that spiral of information. We could be YouTube and you start watching that video. Like, okay, I got to watch this video about this like national like movement thing. And then all of a sudden, five hours later, you're just watching like soldiers get home to see their dogs. And you're like, Ugh! and it's just, you can't, you can't pull yourself out. It is a deep, but so joyous hole. Like that's just a, it's a good place. And yet it's just unstoppable. You can't help but fall into this spiral. Jesus is looking at these men and he knows. I mean, you guys, you're curious and you're following where it leads and I love it and let me tell you more. And why were they there? Because of what John the Baptist was proclaiming. What are we saying about Jesus? What do we say? How do we speak? What do we, how do we tell others about Jesus? How do we show people who Jesus is? Is it in such a way that it will... Stir up curiosity? Are we quick to tell people about the fact that He has radically changed our lives? That He's redeemed our eternal trajectories? How quick are we to tell that to other people? To express this love and joy and peace and hope that we found in Jesus Christ? Are we quick to share that? Are we quick to say, That's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Or do we brush it off? Do we just kind of move on? Do we dodge questions or avoid them altogether? Because, man, there's people in our midst. They're curious. They want to hear. God's stirring in their hearts, and he wants us to be a part of that. And and even beyond that, there's some people, it's not just a curiosity that they're going to follow. Some people, they hear it, and they're in. When Jesus, on the next day, he wanted to go to Galilee. And so uh, there's a little bit of ambiguity about this pronoun about this he it was either Jesus uh, and or Andrew one of the disciples that one of the guys that was just following him right it was probably like the two of them together but they went and they found Philip and Jesus said to him follow me see, it was, it was likely that Andrew was a part of that gang because the author, make, John, makes a note to say, like, hey, Philip was actually from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. So he's saying, hey, look, there was this connection. And so Andrew, he was following Jesus. He, he saw what Jesus was doing. He wanted to be a part of it. He wanted to follow him. And so then they found Philip. Andrew says, man, we got to tell Philip about this. We, we got to bring him along. And so Jesus goes to Philip and he says, hey, you should follow me. Philip's like, all right. And then he goes and finds Nathaniel. And he says, hey, Nathaniel, we, we found him, right? We found the one Moses wrote about in the law, the prophets wrote about. It's Jesus of Nazareth. It's the son of Joseph. He says, we found the guy. We found the Messiah. This, this one who John the Baptist was proclaiming, was teaching about, he says, we found him. See, as soon as Philip hears it, as soon as Philip is invited in, he says, I'm, I'm in. I'm instantly committed to this cause. You've got, you've, I'm sold. Right, sometimes... When we talk about, uh, about like an event or a person or a movement, right, people can be curious, right? If, if, I was, if I was inviting you to an event, I was like, hey, you should come to this event. You're going to be like, eh. And I'd be like, there's free food. You'd be like, hmm, yes. You tell me more. Like, you know, yeah. But there's something even greater. There's even a next kind of point where you can turn that curiosity into commitment if you just kind of, if you got the right stuff, right? If you have the right message. Maybe I say, oh, it's free food. Yes. It's tacos. (gasps) Yes. Homemade tacos. Yes. With, I don't know what you like, queso? Done, right? Like that would be, that would maybe be the progression. Like you just need, you need a little bit more. Sometimes you just, you hear that thing and you're just, I'm in, I'm in. Like I'm I'm sold. When my wife and I uh, met each other in the beginning of college, uh, we had this moment uh, where we found ourselves, Uh, on a boat. We were trapped on a boat together uh, with, like, other people, too. It wasn't just like, oh, God. Like, we weren't just, like, in the ocean or something. But uh, we were on a lake, and we were doing, like, uh, wakeboarding, stuff like that. And so as we're on this boat... Um, there was kind of this moment where uh, we didn't know each other. She was kind of a friend of a friend. And so we were on opposite ends of the boat. Uh, and I was, and she had come with this guy that I was like, man, he's like a joker. And so I was just kind of writing her off immediately. I was like, friend of that guy? <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but there was a moment where as we were riding on this boat, I was sitting up at the front, and I was just kind of chilling, but I was bored. I was all by myself at the front of this boat. And so I just like kind of yelled out. I have like five friends in the boat that I know. And I say, hey, like, someone come talk to me. That's just literally what I did, because I'm just that guy. <laughs> someone come talk to me. Like, I just kind of lobbed lob that out. And in that moment, right, all of my good, my dear friends, they just look like, oh, whatever, shut up, man. And, but this girl, right, this one girl, Susan, friend of Joker Boy, she stands up and moves towards me. And at that point, I'm like, what is going on? Like, well, I'm curious, free food. Like, what's going on? In this moment, where are we headed with this? And she came in front of the boat. We started talking. And, and as we were kind of having this discussion, having this conversation, uh, we were just kind of talking about, like, oh, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's the first week of our freshman year. And so, like, we're like, oh, what are you going to do? How are you going to change the world? Oh, everything. Like, we're just <laughs> excited about what we're doing. And as she began to talk with me, uh, I, again, I'd kind of, like, written her. I was like, this, she's a friend of Joker. I'm not going to. And so, as we were talking, I was just very upfront. I was very blunt with a lot of the uh, the responses that I'd give was she'd be like, "Oh, what do you want to do?" At that point, I I was literally like two weeks out of being called into ministry, feeling called into ministry by God uh, at Impact Camp. And so uh, when I was sitting there, I was just like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go into ministry. It's gonna be really rough. Like, I, it's not like the great. It's not a great path. I not You know, like I was just honest. I was like, you know, it's gonna be really kind of difficult. Like, I'm not gonna make a lot of money, and I'm gonna like live in a glass box, and uh, ACs never work in churches. And so you know, I just kind of <laughs> laid out. Like, man, this is just—I you know, This is where I'm going. Because uh, I was like, you know, whatever. But in that moment, as we were talking, she was like, "Oh, that's that's like super cool." I was like, <laughs> "Free food tacos, huh? Like, what's you know, what's uh, what's going on right now?" And, and it just kind of gets really—it stirred my curiosity. And then eventually, we like do this other stuff. It's a whole other story. But we had this moment. Where in this interaction, after this conversation, was like, okay, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, the, there was a kind of new information that that moved me from curious to committed. There, there was even a moment later that night where I just I moved like straight from like curious to like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm getting this girl's number and we're gonna uh, make this happen. Like, I was just, I was ready. <laughs> and when Philip hears about Jesus, when he's invited by Jesus to follow him, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm done. I'm sign me up. And there's some of us that are there. Some of us in this room right now, we're like, yeah, man, that's me. I'm in. I'm committed. I came to know Jesus at this point or two years ago or 10 years ago. Or, mean, I've been following him for this amount of time, and I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I'm following. I'm committed. And then there's other of us that aren't. There's, other, there's some of us that even look back. We're like, yeah, I was there, and now I'm not. And you see what's difficult about that, what's tragic about that, is that God says, man, I, I want to be strong where you're weak, right? And his own disciples later on, they'll say to Jesus, when they have those moments where they say, man, I was, I was in, Philip himself is going to find himself at moments where he's like, I'm in, I'm ready to win it, and then there's going to be moments later in the ministry where he's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, Jesus. And in those moments, you know what they did? They would, they would ask Jesus, they asked him explicitly, hey, Increase our faith. Make my heart believe. Right? Because if we're gonna walk forward as his people, as his followers, if we're gonna move and point others in his direction, tell you we need commitment. We do. Because as we're moving forward and we're telling other people, when Philip tells Nathaniel, "Hey, you got to hear about this Jesus guy. You got to know this Jesus guy. Let me tell you about this Jesus guy." Nathaniel just says, "Can anything good really come out of Nazareth?" You see, Nathaniel, his instant reaction is, "No, thank you." And he uses this kind of like this subtle dig. I'm not even subtle. It's a very overt dig. In Nazareth, it's kind of a poor area. It's kind of a not as nice of an area in Israel. And so he's like, "Nazareth, okay." <laughs> Like all of your Dallas friends being like, Fort Worth? Uh, uh, They think they're in the metroplex. They're not. You know, like that's, anyone from Austin? Pflugerville? Yeah. Or, you know, like could anything good come from Pflugerville? It's a P, right? Who does that? Like that's, we see this kind of inherent tribalism show up and he's like, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. He rejects him. Just immediately he's like, nah, no, no thank you. And This can really ring some of our bells. This can really throw some of us for a loop, right? When we're walking through life and we're maybe held back from telling others about Jesus because we're afraid of this kind of rejection. We're afraid of someone being like, "Mm, no, thank you, nope, 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 nope. Dumb, I don't like that. Because sometimes there's just, there's unreceptive. Scripture promises this. There's always gonna be people that reject this. Consider it the foolishness. The world will consider God's wisdom foolishness. Right? That's 1 Corinthians. We'll, we'll see the fact that people are going to just they hear They're like, nope, that's enough. You, just, you said the thing. If I told you, hey, if there's free food, you're like, oh, huh? yeah, tell me more. What up, what up, what up? And I'm like, and it's soup. You're like, get out. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you? Right? There's certain things that we hear we're like, nope. They had to put a recycle bin next to the door in, into the MSC because so many people walk through that breezeway. And people are like, come and be on an my organization. Come be a part of my thing. Come join our thing. Come to Open House tonight. It's tonight you should come. And, you know, we, we walk past this, and so many times people are like, oh, yeah, great. Let me just throw that away for you. Thank you. Like, that's just <laughs> instant, instant reaction. I love it. Some of our staff was talking about how, yeah, when their senior year, they just, they just walk through like, uh-uh, no, come on. Like, as people are trying to hand them flags, like, mm-mm, 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 be gone, be gone. Like, just <laughs> swat them away with the ring. I've moved on. I have a job or an internship or whatever. I don't care about you. Like that's just, that's just the way it is. Instant rejection. Nathaniel just says, nope. And that is something that sh- just terrifies us. That's something that we think, oh gosh, if that happened to me, oh, I, just, I can't even risk it. Or it happened one time and we're like, I'll never recover. But I'll tell you, this is an invitation that's worth committing to. How does Philip respond to this, this rejection? You know what he says? He says, Okay, come and see. Let me show you. Philip didn't let initial disinterest derail the introduction. He was committed to that invitation. Because you don't, you don't hear my words? Let me show you. Come and see. Now, there's some invitations... In our lives that we don't need to commit to right there, there's certain times where we hit maybe a, a boundary or a, or a wall we hit this kind of resistance there's no there's no reason that we should press through it
1: so Phil recruited me to sell these cards and now I am recruiting you who is this guy again don't worry about Phil he drives a Corvette is doing just fine okay calling cards are the wave of the future. These things sell themselves. Who uses calling cards, anyway? You know what, that's a nice attitude, Ryan. I'm just helping you invest in your future, my friend. It sounds like a get-rich-quick scheme. Yes, thank you. You will get rich quick. We all will. Didn't you lose a lot of money on that other investment, the one from the email? You know what, Toby? When the son of the deposed king of Nigeria emails you directly asking for help, you help. His father ran the freaking country, okay? All right, so raise your hand if you wanna get rich. All right. No, um, how is this not a pyramid scheme? All right, let me explain it again. Phil has recruited me and another guy. Now we are getting three people each. The more people that get involved, the more people who are investing, the more money we're all gonna make. It's not a pyramid scheme. It is a, it's not even a scheme per se. It's.
0: I have to go make a call. Right, there's times where we'll be inviting people into an organization. You're going to have old high school friends that hit you up on Facebook. They're like, come listen about, I don't know, oil. Like, and you are going to be like, ah. like, there's certain invitations that aren't necessarily worth our commitment, but but the, re, the reality is that we have an opportunity as believers to show and tell others about eternal life, about a lasting, eternal relationship with the God of the universe made possible by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to point people towards life. It's the greatest introduction, it's the greatest invitation we could ever hope to extend on this earth. That's what we get to be a part of. I'll tell you, that's something worth committing to. That's something that's worth pressing on. That's something worth telling about and showing people in our lives. When Jesus sees Nathaniel, Nathaniel actually goes, he goes and sees Jesus and he's like, ah, well, who's this guy? And Jesus is like, oh, hey, what's up, man? I saw you in the, uh, under that tree earlier. He just, you know, used this, like, divine knowledge of, like, hey, you were under a tree. Nathaniel's like, oh, what? Sign me up. I'm in. That's what it took for Nathaniel to jump on board. He's like, oh, you saw me under, you knew I was under a tree? I'm, I'm in. And Jesus, legitimately, like, he kind of, like, is like, okay, listen. Like, that's really, really, is that it? Like, that's, that's what gets you fired up? He says, there's so much more, bud. There's so much more. And he turns to his, all, all of his disciples and he says, I'm going to tell all of you the truth. You will see heaven. He says, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm going to show you. You're going to see heaven open. You're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He says, you're going to see this prophecy come true. You're going to see the Son of Man, meaning this, this figure from ancient Israel, prophecy saying that you are going to there's going to be this king, there's going to be this ruler who's going to lower or come down to sin from heaven and he's going to establish a kingdom on earth that will last forever. He says you're going to see that. You're going to be a part of that. He says that's what you're signing up for. You are coming and you're being a part of this movement. He says that's what I'm going to show you. That's what I'm going to tell you. And that's where you get to go and extend to the people around you. That's what we have an opportunity to be in. To be a part of. We are pointing people to eternal life. And that's something worth committing our lives to accomplish. Right, we see in this moment, in this passage, how everyone who's invited continues to invite. Right? That's the process. That's what Paul gets at in Romans 10. He says, How are people going to call on one that they have not believed in? Right before this, he talks about how anyone who calls in the name of Christ. Can be saved. He says, but how are they going to call if they don't believe in him? How are they going to believe in one that they've not heard of? How are they going to hear without someone preaching to them? And how are they going to preach unless someone sends them? He says, as it's written, how timely is the arrival of those who proclaim the good news? Paul says, We have an opportunity to go and to send and to preach the good news about Jesus Christ. The good news that he stepped out of heaven and onto earth to live and die and rise for your sake, so that you might live. He lived the life that you did not, you are unable to live, and he died the death that you deserved. He says, that's what we have an opportunity to proclaim. He says, God is sovereign. He's in control of the message. We can rest in his strength and in his plan. He says, but he's choosing, in his plan, he's choosing to use us as his messengers. He says, let's go. Let's run. We can rest in the knowledge that God loves us, that he's going to equip us, that he's calling us forward. So let's run. Jesus says, I'm going to show you something so much greater. I'm going to tell you something so much, so much more true than anything else you're going to hear. I'm going to show you something so much greater than anything you're going to see. And that's what moved his people to continue to invite. John, did you, did you track it? John the Baptist invites Andrew. Andrew invites Philip. Philip invites Nathaniel. Jesus is creating this core team. He's creating his 12 disciples. He's, he's bringing in these, these key guys. And he doesn't do it by individually going up to all of them and be like, hey, do you want to get coffee later and talk about sheep and stuff? Like, okay, cool. Like, he doesn't go and individually select every single guy. He basically starts out with a few dudes, and he's like, hey, uh, I guess I invite your roommates. And they're like, okay. And so they go. And just slowly but surely, we work down this chain these kind of six degrees of separation, and suddenly they're bringing people along with them to know Jesus, to find Jesus and to follow him with their lives. God gives us the great commandment to love him and to love people. We rest in that, but then he gives us a commission to go and to tell others about who he is and what he's done. We don't just have an opportunity to know God. We have an opportunity to make him known to the world around us. We're invited so that we might invite. So I know that some of us are here right now and we're new to this. We're like, man, I, I'm not sure what I really believe about Jesus, where I stand with God. Or some of us are like, you know what? I, I know where I stand, but it's only as of like today. Or as of the summer, as of like two months ago. Some of us are just in this early stage where we're like, man, I'm I'm not ready. I don't know if I'm ready to kind of make that leap to make that commitment. Some of us are saying, man, I I did, but I don't really know what's next. Like, I don't really know the next step. If you're in that camp, man, let me just encourage you. We would love to talk with you. I want you to reach out to us. I want you to text us. Text this number. Put it in your phone right now and text us. And say, hey, this is something I would love to know more. I, I would love to talk with someone, meet with someone. Please just reach out to us. We would love to continue the conversation with you. Some of us were saying, no, I, I think, I know where I stand, but I'm not really sure about where I'm going. I, I feel like I'm alone in this. Some of us are saying, I, I'm kind of in this process, but I feel isolated in it, which isn't good. It's not what we're designed for. Even as we see this process happen, every single guy's got a buddy, right? Even those first two guys, the awkward like, followers, like, what room are you staying in? Like, they were in a pair. Everyone had a buddy. No one's been brought into this alone, and we're not meant to walk in it alone. And so when we see this move, when we see our own lives and how this plays out, we need to know, hey, I need community for this. Some of us, we're, we're plugged in. We have community with an organization or with roommates or something like that, and that's awesome. Some of us, maybe we got plugged in. Last Thursday night, we had an event called Fall Launch. It was amazing. It was the first step kind of towards community here. And, and even if you missed that, you can still join. We would love to talk with you. Talk with the leader at the back. Fill out, there's howdy cards under your seats. So you can give us your information. Be like, hey, I want to jump in the community. We'll follow up with you in like the next 24 hours and we'll get you plugged in. And then some of us are saying, no, I know where I stand. I know who I'm with, but I don't know where I'm going. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I want to be involved in this invitation process, but I'm not sure where to start. And so if, that's why there's another card in your seat for a course called Awaken. And it's basically just an opportunity. To, it's a couple hours a week, starts in a couple weeks. And what it is, is an opportunity to, to just know more about what God's doing In the nations, it's designed to stir your heart, stir your affections for all people everywhere. What God's doing in the nations far away, what God's doing in our nation with the nations that have gathered on the doorstep of Texas A&M, the people that we have an opportunity to reach and talk with and meet with. And we would love for you to catch a vision for that. If you're like, man, I want to move forward, but I don't know how, then maybe that's you. I don't know where you're at in this process, but I know where God's calling you to go calling you forward. He is. That's why we're here. So let's go before him and ask him to guide our steps. God, we thank you that you've given us today, Lord, an opportunity to just come, to to, to hear from your word, Lord, to, to sing your praise. But God, we know that this moment isn't meant to stand alone. We know that it's meant to move us forward in some way. So if you would take a moment right now and just confess to the Lord, God, this is where I stand right now. God, this is where I'm at. Maybe we confess, God. I, I I don't know if I'm even really talking to you, God. I don't I don't really know where I am on this whole Christian thing, on this Jesus stuff, God. I don't I don't know where how I feel. Just confess that. Just say, God, this this is this is what's up. This is where I'm at. Some of us are going to say, God, I I I'm I'm want to follow you, Lord, and I, I just don't know where to do that, Lord. I don't know people that are going to encourage me in that, that are going to kind of. Help me in that, or going to exhort me in that, God? I don't, I don't have those that community around me that's going to guide me. Or maybe we say, God, I, I know where I stand, I know who I'm with, but God, I don't, I don't know what's next, God. I don't know where my next step is. Just confess with the Lord, God. This is, this is where I'm, this is where I am. But then follow that confession by saying, God, I, I know you're calling me forward, Lord. I know that you've promised that your, your Spirit is strong where I'm weak. That, that you, you are going to equip those that you call forward and. But God just may make it happen. God, send Your Spirit, Lord. Let there be, let there be a moment that I have with a, a roommate or a conversation that I have with a, a friend or a professor or a, or a lab partner or a, a church leader. God, let me let me move forward in this. God, help me take that next step towards knowing You or knowing Your people or making You known to the world around me take a moment, confess, Lord, God, this is where I am, and then pray, ask that he would move you forward. Pray those things right now.